0: That was a random my, uh, jump. That, wait a minute. Talk wait a to a minute, minute. <laughs> I'm very confused. I <laughs> already <laughs> cut that For out. For elections in Italy. <laughs> saw,
1: cut that out. No, no okay. I saw the Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> I that, <want> ex- <laughs> that explains. I Sorry. want the gummy bears on every episode. Well, your oh, oh, my Sorry. mommy. Sorry. But, uh, wait a minute. But we're way off here. No, we go we're we're way off. It. Hold on, hold on. No, just it. want to say it's not, wait, wait, not the right go, place. No, no, no. It's not the no, right time. We, no, come on. We're way off top. Can say one thing? No, we're 25 we minutes in. Yeah, but just save it for another episode. No, no, I can't. That doesn't work. You can't do that. No, we've got we to gotta move. Why don't you save it for
0: another episode and then bring it up? I'm
1: just
0: a No, I'm saving it in a nice way. I mean, really. Save it for another time. It's final. It's final.
2: Pat is under yeah, the table, no. ladies
1: and gentlemen. Ah, Pat is under the table. <laughs> <my> <laughs> yeah. Now he's right. not under the table. He's. I don't even know up. where we left off. You know, I said. <laughs> said <laughs> I said propaganda. I said no, because we. i, I, I Pat gonna, This
2: other beat me up. Patrick, do we sort of, kind I of agree me. on the topic? We can talk about it later. I'm gonna
3: forget. It's goes
1: to humanity. No, but my point is, it's good stuff, but it's Whatever. it's, it's going to cut off the yeah, rest of the stuff. Not, it's not pertinent. Soviet Union, Russia, you say, cannot speak I got to wrap us back. This she is go- can't speak, it's a great she commercial, sh- though. Pat,
3: Ugan, this would be a commercial. Pat, <laughs> calm, calm yourself down right now. I'm having a palpitation. I'm thinking about Get chicken. Get this man a gummy I'm, bear. No, because <laughs> I'm intermittent fasting and I'm thinking about chicken.
2: that you're born an Italian, if you want your life to be great, see that you're born an Italiano and your life will be great. If your mama's a paisano. You will have
3: the world on a plate. So see that you're born in an Italiano, and your life will be great.
1: And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. I am your moderator, John Viola, and I am here at the red checkered tablecloth in the middle of our studio in Manhattan, New York City, with Pat, Rosella, Dolores, and we are coming to you for part two of last week's episode, disseminating out the results to our Italian-American Identity Survey 2020. So uh, if you have not listened to last week, go back in the archive on the website, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen, and make sure you listen to hear the first portion, sort of going through and digesting this amazing survey that 1,600-plus people responded to to sort of share with us where the community is. We've had a great conversation about the general demographics of who responded and now we're going to get kind of into the specifics of who's out there and some more specific italian american questions so you guys ready to dig in
2: let's do it this All duck corn right. vineyards ain't bad <laughs> i'm ready at least <laughs> we're drinking
1: the same <laughs> giant bottle of wine we drank last time so uh it's, it's gonna be a little bit more freeform uh on part two so we talked about demographics where they come from who's from where in the u.s in italy what generation great conversation we're at question 10 of 43. <laughs> 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 so we'll speed through a few. We're going to leave some out.
2: It would be really funny if, in, if in the middle of this, we did say how much to put in the booster.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: we're gonna surprised. just drop it's it is, in one random episode. It's the Where Is
3: Waldo episode. <laughs> you wanted the answer? You had to listen know. to all the episodes, and now you know.
2: It's very yeah. deep in the, somewhere between parts two and three.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be like one of those agreements with like the soldiers who stole the treasure. And like the last of us alive is gonna <laughs> come on and release a podcast and say you leave fifty bucks. Uh, fifty bucks. <laughs> <You do laughs> that's not leave low. 50 no, bucks. You don't leave fifty bucks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, so getting increasingly high is a problem. If
2: you don't like yeah. the person and you never want them to invite you to anything yeah, again, 50 bucks I believe is great. 50 bucks. That's
1: sure. well Um I asked everybody how important it was to be Italian, to their overall mm-hmm. identity, and I gave them a sliding scale of 0 to 10, and it was a, an average of 9. So I should have kind of wow. figured this was important to somebody who was responding, but yeah, it was pretty important. People, people, this means a great deal to everybody. So
2: I think that's really cool. That, I do too.
1: Yeah. I was surprised by it.
2: You know, because I I often ask myself the question, like, why did I end up, you know, I could have been anyone. I could have been someone starving in the friggin' Sudan. But, you know, why did God choose to make me an Italian-American girl from Bensonhurst, Brooklyn? I could have been anybody, anything of any creed, color, whatever. And I you know I have to say like I I do feel lucky. I do too. I really do. I oh, feel absolutely. lucky to have grown up with a linguistic culture in my household with an appreciation for food, art, literature, not to say that there are not other cultures or heritages sure, that yeah. appreciate the same sorts of things, I just think that there is um a very uh I'm glad I I grew up looking through the uh the homemade wine colored lenses
1: that <laughs> I did. Amen. You're absolutely <laughs> right. That is well said.
0: But I, does everybody say that?
1: Well, if I
3: mean, I, I don't want to. Does everybody uh, say what? Like, we're very happy we are who we are. Well, but I'm sure the Norwegians are very happy they are who they are.
2: But no, I don't think all of us are very happy no, that I we don't are either. who we are. I think there are some people that associate being Italian and/or yep. Italian American with um with negative things. Yep. Yeah, I agree. As being uh, perceived as uh, uneducated or not cultured or cafone, quote unquote. Yeah. And uh, I've met those people, and they they want nothing to do with with their heritage. Uh, and and sadly, a lot of those people come from from Italy and yeah. live in Italy.
1: That's true. Yeah, that's and, very and, true.
2: And they're some. I'm sad to say that they, they can be a collection of some of the most unpatriotic people I've ever met.
1: They're not. Yeah, the patriotism is not an Italian uh, trend. It's really not.
2: They think my tricolor coffee pot is uh, stupid.
1: Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. I, you know what? I run headfirst into. The sort of wrap myself in the red, white, and green, and like we always say, let that freak flag fly. I, <laughs> I think it's what makes me me. And yeah, I, I was actually very surprised to see such a high response rate. That it was, you know, nine out of ten important to who you are, as your identity. That's pretty, pretty impressive.
2: And John, I've always wondered about how you felt as the uh, when you were the president of NIF. Um, how you felt being in this position as a young Italian-American to Italians, you were totally American. Mm -hmm. And... I'm sure they must have had this
3: until they need a favor. Right.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> you're the exactly. Lord Brother Love, we like love you so much. Did you ever
3: please s- help my daughter get <laughs> to Harvard she's the smartest girl in <laughs> the <daughter>. whole province <laughs> è la intelli- intelligent?
2: Yeah,
3: eh, my daughter wants an uh We the Harvard Medical Center. She's fourteen, but the very <laughs> smart, <laughs> most smart girl of her class. Yeah. And, and then Basically, when you don't do it,
2: she wants to live in New York uh, for uh, <laughs> Sex and the City experience. <laughs> but uh, we don't want to parent. Uh, <laughs> you know,
3: and, then you want and then when he doesn't do it. He's the worst yep. American, brute, terrible people. <laughs> do not respect culture. <laughs> no culture. Caffone. You know, yeah,
2: wow. yeah. Do
3: nice la lasagna? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's one day you're all going to hear one of my worst Neapolitan <laughs> stories ever. No, it's kind of funny. They yeah. don't speak English, so I'm sure they don't listen. But I yeah. want to. Do
2: inf- la w- no, we, c- we must do an entire episode on just that. But it was I, great. But I did want to ask you John, did you ever have this internal monologue with with another person before that before you asking you for favors or whatever that you might have you might have just thought like I know this person kind of thinks I'm I'm a, a metagon.
1: Oh, all the time. All the time. I mean oh gosh, yeah. like deep uh, yeah. down
2: this person must think that I am less yeah.
1: lesser than. Yeah, absolutely.
2: But they can't express it. Because they um, need something, and your they, position. And, yeah, and I feel that I'm way in my job all they the have time. To be nice yeah,
0: yeah, you would really, matter. you do. Yeah, all the time.
2: I think there. I mean, I think I think all of us have felt that way. Sure. At some point, where where you know we we have this reductive experience sometimes in a room full of Italian Italians, mm-hmm. where you know you you just like you know who you are, and you yeah. know that you're a capable, accomplished, intelligent person, but for some reason, and, and we share DNA in, yeah. <laughs> with these people. We share so much. We share heritage, blood, uh, a lot. History, many, yeah. Hi- yeah. But for some reason, they take where we're born right. into consideration when they put together a complete opinion about us.
1: I mean, I, I don't want to get too off topic, but the truth is, like, it rattled me, and it and it, I always came back to this really interesting fact, and I, I actually thought it was a, a great Failing of Italy and and Italian culture in Italy to not see this diaspora as a gigantic asset. Because, like, let's be honest, you look at the French, right? France is incredibly engaged on a governmental level with all of their post-colonial possessions. So you have people who were conquered and forcibly converted to a Francophone country. And here's France, you know, advertising and selling products and engaging them. And this is not a legacy of hugs and kisses. This is colonialism. And Italy has its its sons and daughters that unfortunately had to leave the mother country, and now have succeeded in incredible numbers. And and you can see it in, in findings like this, and want to come back and engage. And it's like, well, you, you mm-hmm. know, to know, la lasagna. It's like, a, wait a <laughs> minute, you're it, not it, one it, of it, us. You're not one of us. And I, and it's shocking to me because it's a huge untapped resource for a country that could frankly use it right now.
0: I have a theory on that because I actually see this on a micro level occasionally with. Friends and relatives mm-hmm. who come for a visit, or you go there for a visit. I think it is a type of like defense mechanism. That's a kind very interesting. Of, a kind of way of saying it's the last thing they have over. Us. Exactly. Wow. Done. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Wow. Done. That's, that's it. Deep. Mic drop. That's because much, that's we deep. left. Yeah, I agree with and that. And we made good. Yep. Most yeah.
2: of us made good. Yes. And that's the last thing that they can. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, you definitely make more money and yeah. are more accomplished than me or whatever, right. but uh, I, I know what lasagna right. is <laughs> I'm the real Italian yeah. and you're not. Yeah. And
0: that's you know And
2: it's and it's sad because you know, even in my I think some people that when they think of me or like what I've done or what I haven't done or uh, Things that uh, I'm some kind of authority uh, on Italianism or Italian Americanism, and I'm not, mm. um, and I don't pretend to be at all. But uh, you know,
0: for those of you who do think that, but no, you're a leader, and an, I mean, and an, you have an influence, and you've earned it. it. I guess I'm some sort of influencer. I would own but that. even as some sort of
2: influencer, whatever the hell that I am, ninety-eight percent of the time that I stand before an Italian person from Italy, I think that they think I'm an idiot. Right. I feel this kind of helplessness mm. where it's like it doesn't matter who I am or what I've done or, you know, how accomplished I am or whatever. They are going to have an opinion about me that is right. unchangeable. So you just
0: have to not give a f- Sorry, you can bleep that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what, you know, that's all you can do. You y- I, y-
2: yeah, y- I, I, I if yeah. I was more gangsta about it, yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of more Woody more Allen gangsta. about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I do care. Uh. <laughs>
1: what? I, I think, wish
2: I didn't care.
1: I think in my what experience it analogy. is good. Good. I like that. But
2: I, think, I care and I hate that I care. Yeah. And then and, and there's more it self-loathing.
1: It's self-loathing. Aww. But in my experience, I found it to be like pretty 50-50. Like I found a lot of Italians that really embraced the Italian-American community and loved America and and loved that we came back. and But I found a lot of them who, you know, either thought we were... Um,
2: Oregon grinders. Yeah,
1: ill-equipped to be Italian today or, you know, lesser or very... Provincial. And, you know, then, of course, you have the whole sort of north south divide. Like, I'm sure I've spoken on the show about a meeting I had with representatives from the Italian government and they didn't think any of us spoke Italian. And they said something oh, to yeah. the effect of like, look at these Chironi. They, you know, I mean, but I think that that's I do. I think that's you're right. I up. think it's partially their own issue. It's partially our issue. You know, I think yeah. I, I think it's a little bit of unspoken chip on the shoulder. From it's both like sides.
0: family dysfunction.
1: It is like family dysfunction. Yeah. No, but yeah. can, can I tell you?
2: And I, I never believe them when they, then when they <laughs> say that they're proud of us or whatever. I have a, I have a terrible mistrust.
1: No, that's you though. I, I really that do. I, me. I do believe a lot of them. I do. I do because I, you know, you get to know people. Well, you're nice. I am nice.
2: You're the nice one. A,
1: a
3: Neapolitan uh, intellectual in his fifties who went to college in the U.S. from a very good. Fa- I'd say, in Italy, they'd say a good family. Um who spent a lot of time here, speaks better English, did a lot of work in the U.S. I would say he lives in both worlds, um, speaks impeccable English, said to me. His theory is that in Italy after the war, the left branded Italian-Americans as regressive fascists.
1: Very because true. Because
3: they, they, the Italian left, especially in the north, who basically controlled the country, um, the, the academic institutions, blamed the Italian-Americans for giving Mussolini support for the money that we gave in the 20s and 30s, for the political support, um, you know, for the the, the work we did against the League of Nations. And they told the Italians that these ignorant, dirt farmers, uneducated, uh, priest-loving, regressive people in the States were really closeted fascists. And that's why we should have been dismissed. And this is a guy who's a a PD. He's a Democrat in Italy. He would be a Democrat here. guy very much of the left. Mm. Blamed the left and said that the left had ingrained in Italians. And also that the idea was that they felt Italian-Americans were a cultural arm of the U.S. Yeah, fair enough. And for those who were anti-American and very pro-left and very communist, because the communist party was huge in Italy, they wanted to defuse... The influence of Italian Americans on Italy—that makes a great point—to be more capitalist and more American and, and pro-U.S., so they use their power in Italian
1: academic institutions to mock us. That, that, I've seen wow. that in propaganda. I have. I've seen a lot of posters, writings, and pamphlets and things. That's true. Wow. But what? at the same time, we used we our U.S. government at the same time used the Italian American community for propaganda. I mean, we have. Pre-written letters and things to send back, and campaigns and infiltration. So I mean, it, I really see it from both sides. But I want to get us on topic of the, this is great stuff, and this is a worthy of an episode. How we seem in Italy is a great episode. So Stephanie, producer, write that down. <laughs> uh, we asked everybody about their marital status. For remember, we took a survey and the episode we came oh, to talk yeah, about. Yeah, right. Yeah, and sixty-two percent are married. Uh, six nice. Yeah, twenty-two percent, twenty-two and a half percent single. Eight percent divorced, and then it kind of mm. dwindled from there. Mm. So that
0: is a small percentage of divorce.
1: It is. I wonder if that has something to That's say very about us. That's
0: Interesting. Yep. Sure S- too.
1: They stay unhappily married, you and they wait for honest. the yeah, other. Yeah. That spouse.
0: that should be. Are you? <unhappily> <laughs> <laughs> if you're married, are, are you unhappily married?
3: If you are married,
1: if you were married, God- Italian. I did. Next question. <laughs>
2: yeah. And then you should have been like looking, and then looking for an Italian.
1: That, those are here. I asked if you were married. I said, "Is your spouse or partner Italian or Italian American?" And so twelve Seven percent said either other or I have no spouse or whatever. Thirty-one point six percent said yes, and fifty-five point seven percent said no. My spouse is not Italian or Italian that makes American. Sense. Yeah. So married uh, less and less and less to one yes, another. That's okay. right. Which is probably safer beyond normal. <laughs> can I, can yeah. I say kidding. something? Probably better <laughs> off. Can I say right, something? Honey? Can I say yeah, yeah, something?
3: Go I gotta say this. If not, just throw me off this podcast. This is so important. Everybody who's part of this podcast, we're part of one big family, and you're Italian-American leadership because you're investing the time to listen to this. We can't take the intermarriage statistic as a, as a death knell for the culture. Totally agree. That's what the other crowd is doing. So the crowd who wants to look back at 1952 as like the high point of Italian-American culture and then everything because cause you, you girls aren't walking around with house dresses and girdles that we're really not that much Italian anymore. They're the same crowd that sees intermarriage as a threat. Right. It's not a threat because the people who are intermarrying still self-identify as Italian-American. Mm. I agree. I learned this. I had a student about 10 years ago. He was probably at the time born about, say, 1987. And NIAF was doing Gift of Discovery. And I mentioned in a class, I said, is there any Italian-American kids in here? Because you have to be Italian-American to apply for Gift of Discovery. they now call it Voyage of Discovery. And this kid, complete Ameri- the most non-Italian-American kid I've ever taught, complete non-Italian-American name, he raises his hand and he says, can you get me the application? And I looked at him. and I said, you're Italian? And he said, yeah, my great-grandfather was Italian. And I thought to myself, ah, he wants a free trip. And then he went off about how proud <laughs> he was of his Sicilian great-grandfather mm-hmm. and how proud he was to be an Italian-American. And that kid was one-eighth Italian-American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fact that that kid, who's probably a hodgepodge, a, a mutt, as we would say, of all different nationalities, the fact that he was proud shows that I think we're going to be like Argentina. If you're in a place like New York or New Jersey, everybody's going to be a little bit Italian. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to a catering hall in New Jersey, you're going to have a wedding, the cocktail, you're going to have multiple different kinds of macaroni. That's mm-hmm. who we are. So I think that intermarriage is going to change us because things are always evolving. It's not going to spell our end. I agree. And
1: so we got we to get rid of that idea. I agree. I totally agree with you. I think there's opportunity as we marry out of our culture. I think there's pluses and minuses as we've had an episode in the archive on that exact question. But I think... Um, I don't think it's an existential threat to our culture surviving. I think that people who feel attached to our culture are going to feel attached to our culture if they've been uh, introduced to it. And I I there's a lot of people who are 100% Italian on the family tree that have very little to do with this. And I
3: think something else is going to come out of this. And I think this maybe, God willing, we do the next survey we do with Italian Canadians and Italian Australians. There's going to be a diaspora community that we are connected to. Because now through Facebook and now through the internet, I have Italian Canadian friends. Sure. I have Italian Australian friends. We have that commonality in, co- in common. You know I have my Beats Game Facebook group, my yes. Secret Beats Game society. <laughs> I have you want in? I have people here. We have people in our you want in. And I have an Italian Australian in. Right? And she's shocked. She's like, I can't believe you guys keep all this stuff going. But we share the same the same culture. So I think that this if, if we're positive and we work at it, and we use things like the podcast, New Media, we can build something beautiful, different, but beautiful. Completely agree.
2: You know, as far as marriage, I think I do have a very um, particular point of view. I'm not going to say anything. About <laughs> it. I say was it. looking at
0: her like, "What I'm is about <laughs> to come out of her mouth?" <laughs> I'm giving her the eye. <laughs> Fear not
2: Dolores. you <laughs> not. My no, bad. I uh, as as a first generation uh, Italian American from Molitibadi, I think I had the ultimate small town view on marriage yeah. from day one because I really uh, got to study the Molise community as this. Really interesting microcosm because uh, you want know to speak to other Italian-Americans about the fact that I married someone from my town in Italy, which was not something I was trying to do. Um, they they think it's kind of remarkable. I do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I never grew up with that sentiment because there were just always so many of us around. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I see it through point. my parents' generation. My parents got married in 1980. My husband's parents got married in 1970, so one generation apart. In 1970, if you were a Molese immigrant and you did not marry another Molese person, it was a big deal
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, because there was just, like, no excuse. Right. Right? Even though we immigrated to Brooklyn, we, all, we were all in Brooklyn, the same part of Brooklyn. And there were other Italian Americans around—Neapolitans, Sicilians. Uh, it was just that you either were expected to find another person from Body or you were expected to go back to Body and find a person there. <laughs>
0: yeah, <But> can <laughs> I say, I can know, I say no, can that, that me was lab. true? That was just also say. true <laughs> of my grandmother's
2: generation. By the time my parents got married in 1980, the attitude was much more relaxed. But I do know—I I know of a family with three sons. The first son. Was made to marry a person from Molindevati. He had a he had a girlfriend from another part uh, of Italy. That's uh, no good. Mm-hmm. And he was sent back <laughs> to Italy to find a bride. The second son fell in love with someone who was not from Body. There was a problem. Sure. You know, uh, there there was drama and breakups and makeups, and ultimately he did marry her. And then the third son, it was just like marry someone, just. <laughs> get married, just get married. You're 26. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this matriarch, you know, really it was the the mama, you know, doing orchestrating all of this. And really, you know, her death kind of ended an era yeah. of behavior and of does. and of duty. Yeah, you know. So these things are real. These yeah. tropes are real. Sure, absolutely. And I can't say that keeping them doesn't contribute to maintaining things. It does.
1: Well, it's interesting, right? I asked the next question, in seeking out a spouse or partner, how important was it that they be Italian-American? And it was uh, on a scale of 0 to 5, and the response average was 2.25, just oh. below, basically, the middle of the road. And I I think that that's indicative. Meaning it
0: wasn't very important. It was like.
3: Sort of. It was sort of. Like, can, yeah, can moderately I just, important. Can, hold on. Like, <laughs> <perfectly> <laughs> <moderate>. <laughs> wait. Wait. There's also something I, I want to follow up on. That marrying the Bison thing was so tied to knowing the family. Yeah. My grandmother was all hooked up on, well, you have to know the family. You yep. have to know the mother. You have to know the father. You know, my grandmother's like, oh, because you'll know if they're good people or if they're, they have sickness in the family. Like, my grandmother told me a story one time. I lived with my grandmother my whole life. That's why I am who I am and I think what I think. She liked the boy, and he was a shoemaker's son. And her mother put the kibosh on it. They were like fourteen, because he was sickly. Yeah. And my great grandmother said to my grandmother, "You can't marry. You couldn't marry him because if he got sick and died, how would you support your children?" And that was just close story. Yeah. And they were very much about, you know, checking out the family. Was it a good family? And that was the world they came from. I think yeah. that was very much the seventies. I think that stuff had kind of petered out by the eighties. I think that's why the
1: Bison thing was so important. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, my pa- my grandparents were in an arranged marriage. Paizans from same part of uh, Salerno province lived in the same house. My grandfather's family moved into my grandmother's family's house. And they were arranged because m- both of them wanted to marry non-Italians. And neither set of my great-grandparents would let them. And they sort of gave them to each other. I mean, it's also geography. I'm, I'm going
3: to say something else. My great-grandmother, my great grandmother's from Piano di Sorrento. I think that a lot, the region I ought to do because my aunt met a, a guy who was, Medigam was, English Protestant worked in Mola's macaroni with her, and they were fine with them getting married. Hmm. We're on my grandfather's side. My grandfather's um, first cousin married Sicilian on the Cilentano, Cilentani side. And the stories I heard, it was like a huge, it was a scandal. My mother's cousin, oh, it was a huge, it was a huge deal. I mean, you can't marry a Sicilian. It was like, uh, you I can see that. And the story I heard was that the Sicilians were so insulted because they came and said, like, we're Italians too. Why are you acting like this? Because we know you don't want your daughter to marry our son. But then again, you know, how many of our ancestors felt the time did they feel like they were just from their, their bodies? Totally,
1: totally. To- absolutely. true big, you know, the idea. I, totally. But
3: remember something. In 1982, when we won that soccer game, that was the game changer. Yeah. That united a country for about 15 minutes. It's <laughs> so true. Well, that yeah. Because, I
2: mean, if you do watch the uh, Maradona documentary, that kind of really explains it very well. Because when Maradona played for Napoli, Napoli felt like its own country.
1: Totally. Completely. And then
2: when Maradona couldn't obviously play for the Italian national team because he wasn't from Italy, you know, Neapolitans felt very divided. Yeah. Because they were like, do we vote for Italy? Well, are we even Italian?
1: And he asked them. He asked them to root for Argentina in the game. He said, You know, the Italians don't respect you. And they and there was, I remember, I mean, I was in them live, but I remember watching historical footage of signs like, No, you know, we love you, but we're Italian. And that's, they always unite around soccer, though. That's what makes us mm-hmm. the most Italian, I think. Um, I asked about language next, which is another interesting topic. And it was really, really split. The trend that I saw was a percentage of those who did not speak Italian. It was about, And the percentage of those who were beginners learning Italian, also about 28%, almost exactly. And then after that, there was those who were fluent in Italian that they learned. There was a smaller percentage was fluent in regional language, regional dialect, whatever you want to call it. The one that I found most fascinating was those who are learning the regional dialect. So instead of percentages, because it's not necessarily um, as easy to understand, but there was about 220 people out of the sixteen hundred that were learning the regional languages, I thought that was really promising. That's that impressive. were out, yeah out there seeking out to learn their regional. D- we're, we're
3: we are ahead of the curve again. How many? How <laughs> are I'm sorry, are native speakers? I'm ahead of the curve
1: again. the The only ones who were first language native speakers of Italian, only forty three respondents, and wow. first language native speakers of a regional language were forty eight respondents. It's so wow. about the same. Isn't it amazing? But yeah. I can understand they may not have found us in the same way or they may you know what I mean? But it, that was interesting.
2: Yeah, just uh, you know, growing up, it was just what everyone did, what everyone in my in my microcosm did It was that you learned not mine though. You know, it, it's I always kind of use my best friend and I as examples of two extremes that our culture could have gone because we we both sets of parents are from Body. Her father was born in America, I believe, or born in Canada, immigrated to America, and was raised American, whereas her mother, you know, was immigrated from Italy when she, after she got married. So she kind of grew up with a more American kind of dad than I did, but we were very, very different the way we grew up. I grew up only speaking Italian and speaking Italian at home, and she grew up speaking English. So, uh, you know, we both had the same, you know, sets of, uh, variables. Yeah. uh, But you change one thing and you see how Italian someone ends up. So, I mean, we both ended up very different in life. Like, you know, it was just never important to her to marry someone who was Italian probably or Italian American. It wasn't important to her to learn the language, know the language, uh, it wasn't as important to her to travel back. It was, just certain things just weren't as important to her. Language
1: up. is such an access point into the sort of tribalism of culture. You know, like for me and my brothers, we had grandparents who spoke Italian and parents who didn't. And it was like a, a quest to get it back because you knew you could only be participant observer in Italy, which we spent a lot of time there, um, if you didn't speak the language or some approximation of it or some, you know, attempt at it. And so... We always felt lesser if we didn't speak, which is you know, it was lesser is the wrong word, but you, you don't have the same access. Do you, yeah, you
3: Do you know what changes stuff in Italy? If you speak, and I'm gonna use the dialect, the word dialect, though I hate the word, so people understand what I'm referring to who are new to this. If you go into the hometown and you speak the dialect, the local language, you automatically are in the in club. Yeah, definitely. But
2: then you also get branded a little bit. You you're in the in club. But then sometimes they, they take it as, I, I've had, I, I've experienced um, my speaking dialect to people in, in my town. And sometimes it kind of invalidates the fact that I can also speak Italian.
1: I understand that. It's yeah,
2: strange. But, but
3: I'm going to say this, Rowan, don't beat me up. Okay. The, the dialects of Puglia, the local languages, are not respected. And people like Guino Bonfi became comedians speaking badets on Italian television. And today's people are self-conscious of their language, because it's an ancient language that has Greek uh, foundations, but it just sounds different. I don't want to say strange, but it sounds very different. Italians very find stra- it very no, it does sound strange, very different. strange. Yeah, and so, but I think Campania,
2: oh, n- uh, we have Napoli much more Italiano is a is a love language,
3: right? But we have What's more. What's your love
2: language? I think it's Neapolitan.
3: I, a, I, it's, I, not Neop- it's not acts of service.
1: It's not Neapolitan. It's
2: not any of the five love
1: languages.
2: <laughs> Your love language, my friend, is the sixth love
1: language. <laughs> Nabla.
2: No,
3: sure, but all Italians make love in Neapolitan. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I mean I listen, I, I love Having Malays, but how many see any of them do but how many like, Malays yeah. love songs do you know? That's true. <laughs> A be- yeah, right. is right. <laughs> <laughs> And Neapolitans always trying to get you moved on, whether you're married to them, not married to them. They're always on that proud. They tut samba Famat. Am I right or wrong? They're always. They always wanna you were, you were
2: You were accused and convicted of this just right? earlier today. So, so
3: the Neapolitan has his mind on, and, and they have one thing. And we, we wrote songs, about it, And the whole world wants to make love. Vichino <laughs> mare <mean, laughs> that's, I mean, that's the ocean the sphere out, <laughs> and uh, the uccata uh, they're gonna make on the beach, and they're happy people. You can't
2: deny that Neapolitan is the most lyrical uh, regional language of Italy. I don't think we would deny that. Uh, it's undeniable. It's quite. It's lyrical. the most I mean, spoken
3: language in Italy, more than the fake. Well, the the, the basis of, of of rye Italian. Is Tuscan, which 3 million people spoke as a first language. Neapolitan is 7 million. That goes from Molise, Southern Lazio, all the way into Calabria. So Rai should be a Neapolitan, and that's not a joke. But if what, Caruso that's was not born
2: a in body, he would not have had the
3: same <laughs> career. Can, but, you, can you sing <laughs> Vicino Mata in Molise? Okay, next episode. Can we do an episode? <laughs> next question. Wait, I want to do an episode of Neapolitan love songs sung in a no. Can you see Nikki love song, <laughs> Neapolitan love songs in malaise?
0: All <laughs> I, I know me. is that growing up, my parents and their friends and our extended family were constantly making dirty jokes, double entendres, and I remember thinking, like, this, they're grown-ups, They're but not Hold on. There's to a reason this, why but, Neapolitan but has dirty But That's so words. much of the yeah. culture. You, awesome. you grow Wait. up and you realize. The Askins
3: were dirty. The Askins, yeah. the, the the founding population one of of Campania, the Askins. So the Romans come in, conquer the The Romans conquered the Askins. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. The Askins, we think, came up with the schwa sound, oh mother, oh. that's Askin. That's, that's they got rid of the D. So I start, uh, That's from the Askins. And the Oskins were so vulgar and used so much dirty language. They had plays in Oskins that the Romans were horrified. <laughs> the Romans, who had Pompeii, right. dirty pictures everywhere, right. the Romans like, these people are total pigs. It's okay. completely <laughs> dirty. That was some nasty they stuff. Th- so can you imagine how dirty, right. I mean, how they were the Howard Stern of, of right. the ancient world, the, 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 the Oskins, right? See, because you understand something, too. The Neapolitan concept for cursing is stema, curse, right? That's blasphemy in English. That's blaspheming God. The same to whoever you take that, but talking about your mother's body parts or your father's body parts or the sister's body parts, that's just that's just uh, flowery language. Biology. <laughs> that's just bio to a Neapolitan. That's true. So it's a different. Is it, now I don't think I never heard Sicilians use dirty words the way Neapolitans do. No, I mean I, Neop- I haven't. Neapolitans they paint paintings with talking about your mother's body parts. I mean, <laughs> they just they're so flowery with it. I don't think any other region, but it's because they're not asking. Yeah, we're yeah. asking. Fair. That's fair. We're very much asking.
1: We're going to do an episode, however many episodes the survey turns into. Um, after that, we're going to do an episode on language and the Italian language and the beginnings of some exploration of regional languages and Italian American pidgin or uh, creole, whatever you want to call it. So that's in the hopper. So uh, stay tuned because these are great conversations and I think people are really interested in them. But we're here to talk about a survey. So. Uh, This is a sort of good jumping off point for the next direction of the survey, which was to sort of understand where we are as a political unit for our community, because what I've understood from my research and reading polls, polls that were taken in the 80s, 90s and beyond, the community the last time we really got any kind of professional polling was sort of split in thirds, a third independent, a third Republican, third Democrat. Now, who knows, again, what representation is taking our survey We did not go out and cold call people. We didn't base it on anything. So I don't know if any (laughs) of this is reflective We should cold call people next time. Hi, uh, (laughs) ciao. You want to take the survey? Um, But what what our findings had was, um, and it's sort of a two-part question. I asked two questions, so I'm going to go through them right one to the other. Uh, When I asked, what is your registered party affiliation? We had 36.2% say Republican, 28.3% say Democrat, 16% say Independent. Fifteen point nine or sixteen percent who said they preferred not to answer, and three point five percent who wrote in other. Um, but the follow up question to that. Apologies.
0: Was, what was the Republican percentage?
1: Thirty six point two percent. That was the majority. That was the majority. That was the largest segment.
0: I feel like that tracks in line to uh, the idea of Italian Americans leaning more conservative.
1: I mean, I have been reading a lot about that lately. Uh, the, as and I think a lot of. What would we consider white ethnic groups? Mm-hmm. Right. But the next question really fascinated me because I, it, the next question, and again, these two were pre-written sort of standard survey questions, which is interesting to me. The question that follows up is how strongly do you identify with your current political party affiliation? And it was exactly almost 25% each way, which I thought was amazing. So extremely strongly, 24%. Strongly, 27%. Somewhat strongly, Twenty four and a half percent, and not strongly twenty four and a half percent. I mean, talk about even keeled. was mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, uh, could you get it? Was, it's a perfect uh, ordered wow. diagram. I know. I found that really amazing. So, uh, I, I guess we are very pragmatic about our politics. I don't know. Is that what that says?
0: I don't know what it says. I was actually. Wondering if you were going to tell me. Uh, I, I wish I could. Because <laughs> I find that very interesting. So what, people have an affiliation, but they don't really care that much?
1: I mean, I, I guess it's it's an even spread.
0: Like, I'm a Republican, but I don't really care very
1: much. I get so like a quarter of them, yeah. Right? Interesting. Now, when we get these facts in the hopper in the next round of algorithmic assessment, we can see how that splits amongst party affiliations. So do... Democrats feel more strongly about their affiliation or do Republicans or whatever it is. But for right now, I just think in terms of the raw data, that's really, really interesting Mm -hmm. to see that sort of split. Um, So then we started to talk about how important issues were. And it was really interesting because we put a whole list of issues, civil rights, economy, education, everything you could, family values, environmental issues, foreign policy, blah, 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 healthcare, immigration. And uh, all of them, all of the choices that we put forward, the least important to, to anyone on a scale of one to ten was a seven point seven five environmental issues. Everything else was really important. I, so it, I, it says to me we're pretty concerned people. Right? These are important issues to everybody. Everybody felt that was the highest. It was the lowest. Oh, environmental was the environmental what was the issues. Highest. Yeah, it was lowest. It low.
3: Purity of olive oil. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's probably true. At eight point seven four average score, education was the most important. To our respondents. And then um, the economy, uh, family values, and civil rights and healthcare. These were the uh, government ethics. It was really, it was so high. Every response was so high. Um, but I, I think.
0: So you're saying we care about everything, I except guess, yes. the environment. But that's what our respondents <laughs> say. Yeah, everything
1: but the environment. We care. Yeah, That's right.
0: Which actually I find hard to believe. Although
1: we basically invented recycling. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. <laughs> I,
0: I, I always say to people that like I grew up in an environmental house, a greenhouse, before green was a thing. We conserve Everything re- reused, We reused right? everything, conserve uh, electricity,
1: bottles, yeah, turn plastic off the lights. I
2: know, turns the lights off in hotel rooms.
1: Oh, my parents are crazy with light. My, what, what do you think this is? Luna Park? I own the electric company. Yeah, why do they always refer to Luna Park? I must have been very bright. I never heard of Luna Park. Oh yeah, I work for Con, Con Ed. Island. I work yeah, for Con that Ed. I've That's heard. another one. Yeah, Con Ed for those who are outside the New York area. Mm-hmm. Con Ed is our power supplier here. Um, but then we asked everybody sort of to go back to those issues, and we asked everyone to indicate how much. The views on those issues were influenced by their Italian American identity, and we had a couple of kind of outliers. Civil rights and equality, family values, and immigration were the most that people felt were impacted by their own Italian American identity, and I think that kind of makes sense.
0: Like I care about these things because because of my
1: Italian or my opinion on them is informed by my heritage. Interesting. Not interesting. The least again, environmental issues. Hmm. <laughs> we. Damn. <laughs> I know. I don't <laughs> feel bad about that. Yep.
0: Um, uh, that doesn't surprise me, those three groups. I could see that. I could see um, that being accurate no matter which side of the aisle you are on. So your take immigration, I can totally see how your stance on immigration, if you're more conservative about it, would be influenced by your Italian American heritage. You know, well, my family was immigrants mm-hmm. and we did it this way, yep. and we you know whatever legally and et cetera. And the other side, my family was immigrants, and they were treated badly, and we should treat immigrants better. Like, I could see it
1: both ways. I agree. And civil rights, equality, family values. Mm -hmm. And I want to point out, because we had some responses when we released the survey, and a couple of our listeners who are very active in our social media and, you know, we we interact uh, digitally, pointed out to me offline that they felt the use of the term family values was anti-LGBTQ. And I, you know, use these as stock questions, right? These these political ones in particular, your opinions. Um, first of all, that's obviously not the intent, or I hope it's not, that people see it's not the intent. But secondly, I, I kind of thought family values were like, I like getting together for macaroni. Like You know, like I value right. my family. But I, I, mean, I guess it's become a, a euphemism. They don't have
0: stuff. families? That's a whole other...
1: I don't know it's and all of
3: We don't want trouble. We just yeah. want to eat.
1: <laughs> yeah, and no, because everybody sends these letters. Why uh, did you, ride, you do this? Yeah, but I don't. I, I don't think we think about that, which is well, interesting.
0: I think that anybody who's listened to us knows that you know we tried to be sensitive, but also, uh, it's great that they reached out to you. You know, I, I know you like to hear feedback, but I would also hope that those listeners knew yeah. that what you meant by family values was getting together on Sunday for yeah. a macaroni. And I
1: think they did. I think they did. I think they were really trying oh, well, to t- teach, I guess, or share and I, I you know find added sensitivity a, a benefit. I, but I,
3: I, can I just say something else? Don't
1: beat up on us. We're trying our best. <laughs> you yeah. send a letter. Nah, like, you didn't nah, say, nah, not we're,
3: not, up. we're nice people. We're sure you're nice people. <laughs> I say boo, then someone's, why did he say boo? <laughs> well, then the, he get me all aggravated because so, John's like, we have to tell you someone's offended you said boo. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to get, really, you do give me an because I think about things. So, I don't know. Just everybody chill. Just <laughs> we eat. Here's Just a great chill. question
1: that's going to inform a future episode. <clears throat> and I've asked this everywhere I go. I asked how important People felt it was to see an Italian-American elected president of the United States. It was about 8 out of 10 as the average that people felt was important, right, That that, to see an Italian-American be elected president. But the follow-up question to that I asked, would you vote for an identifiably Italian-American presidential candidate if they were not from your preferred political party? Now keep in mind the spectrum of people's affiliation being pretty evenly split. And 40% said no, they would not. They would not cross party lines to vote just we're because not someone's blo- Italian, a voting block anymore. right? 295 percent said yes, they would, and thirty. Oh, that's, per- sorry, yeah, that's a
0: higher number than I would have thought.
1: Is it really? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: 30, yeah, in today's day and age,
1: thirty percent said other, and they wrote in an answer. So true Italian form, they gave me their informed and detailed opinion. Many of them were like maybe. Yeah, it I depends. didn't leave an option for maybe, so maybe I should have said yeah, maybe, right. or it depends. Some people told me how they would come to their conclusion. Right. So like you know. I would weigh, you know, but very, very interesting. What, what are the issues? And this is the sophistication that I appreciate
0: because uh, the country's so divided, yeah, between you know right and left. So the idea that even twenty something percent of people would, you know, if you're if you're a liberal and the, a conservative is running and you're gonna. The fact that you would vote for that conservative just because they're they share your heritage to me is pretty impressive. I but agree.
2: That, that Italianità is gone here in mm-hmm. America. In in Canada, they still have it.
3: In what sense, Ro?
2: They they have that idea of oh, you're Italian, you're gonna take care of me. Yeah. We don't have that here anymore. No, I don't think we do. No, oh,
3: but you know, but you know, I think a weakness of this of us. Is we're all New York, North Jersey people. That might be different somewhere else. I I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know. here's a try- very New York perspective.
2: I don't think it would carry over in any other part of the country uh, into politics. I mean, maybe they're they're like, oh, well, I'm gonna call Rosalie, you know, for cookie recipes because she's Italian. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I don't. am not voting they, for. Her. Yeah, I don't think they would vote for Rosalie.
1: But well, when, like when we run, no, I'll you, we run these they things. Did, they never
3: met my mother. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I remember my grandmother getting the um, ballot. And they would just check off the Italian. My grandmother was fanatical. Yeah. And then there'd be two non-Italians, and she'd try to figure out which one was the more Italian, the more (laughs) sympathetic, (laughs) like the more anti-not. And see, because my grandmother remembered a time when Italians were discriminated against. But, you know, I even remember this town's in North Jersey, which wouldn't have elected an Italian in the 80s. Sure, yeah, I
1: agree. You know,
2: uh, Nona Romana, like, when she did vote, she... she would come back and tell me, he's like, I've per quello yep. <laughs> Yeah, my grandparents... <laughs> what do you I, want I, me to do?
1: I mean, I, we're going to talk about this on a future episode as we get closer to this upcoming presidential elections. I think it's pertinent. But I mean, I wrote a whole piece at his passing about Mario Cuomo's sort of influence and role in my family, because my dad was a, a fan of George H.W. Bush and his career, his military service, and uh, I remember when Mario Cuomo was going to, or we thought he was going to, announce his run for presidency approaching 92, sitting down as a family and watching mm-hmm. what was going to be the press conference that told us he was not with incredible disappointment because mm-hmm. in 1992 which is now you know so so many years ago um, my family felt like it was a real sign of arrival that uh, an Italian american would run for national office and could be the president of the United States sure. and I and I and I think that's sure. a, you know this is going to be a great episode when we get to it I'm really looking forward and now we'll have even more data diagnosed and, and sort of cut in different ways so it's going to be great. but you know I think a big part of it
3: too is not so much integration as exposure. World War II changed everything. Mm-hmm. We left ethnic and we came home American. yep that's so true. if it was the Italian American kid who left Red Hook Brooklyn or you know the uh, Polish American kid who left the enclave in Chicago, you know the Mexican- American kid that was in, that was in you know California. They went, in, they went to World War Two, and they all were exposed to each other. Yeah. And they were all a unit. And now, all of a sudden, you know, they were American because even if you're in the American Army and, you know, your cousin Luigi is fighting against you in North Africa, he's shooting at you. Yeah. And that, that Irish kid who used to beat you up when you were walking home from school, you know, what are you doing, you guinea-dago walking through my neighborhood? That's the guy who has your back right now.
1: Yeah. And I, I think
3: they came home, and I mean, there was still, you know, you had the Italian-American War Veterans Association, the Jewish-American War Veterans Association. You still had that national feeling still. But I think that it was a much more integrated aspect of who we are.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I do. I really do. I think there's a big generational change sociologically at that point.
3: The war had so... everyone I Changed into, everything. The war changed everything. Yeah, changed
1: day. everything. And that's another episode, really. I mean, so much change after the war language and things like that. Um, which then... Leads to the next round of questions, which is really about, well, what then does define being Italian-American? And, and we listed a bunch of choices and asked people to sort of score them between zero for not important to my identity and 10 to important to my identity. And, and again, like everything else, there was no response average below a 7.69, the, the, the lowest that people identified with, which, amazingly enough, was their religion and faith. That was the, that was the least identified with. Um, cuisine and cooking – was uh, almost everyone. That's how they identified their heritage. Then family history, time with their family, family values, um, genealogy and ancestry. Uh, Genealogy and ancestry was sort of the middle point, Italian and Italian-American history. And then it sort of goes down from there. Anti-defamation didn't get much response Mm. in 7.9. 7.7, religion and faith, 7.69. Travel to Italy, 8.6. You know, so... The sort of family time, genealogy, family history, cuisine, the things that are passed on very organically, I think, is what yeah, was most well, important. Yeah, well,
0: the question was worded, like, something like anti-defamation. If I heard you correctly, you said, how do you identify with your culture?
1: The, the exact wording of the question was, please indicate how important the following aspects of Italian-American culture are to your sense of Italian identity.
0: I would have thought that number would be a little higher.
1: On the anti-defamation?
0: Yeah. um, But also, we've talked about this so much. It's a generational thing that the older generation takes that very seriously because the older generation lived through a lot more defamation. The defamation, yeah. Uh, I think our generation lives with it as well, right? But the defamation for the previous generations, affected their lives, right? Yeah. It limited their choices. It yes. limited the jobs they got. It limited what their lives uh, could become. Where well, I think for this generation, we don't see it so much as limiting. It's just, it's a stereotyping. Yeah. It's but there's, there's no, It's, there's it's, no, it's obnoxious, uh, yeah, but and, it, and it shouldn't be but done. I'm going to tell
3: you something. The story that I heard, where I grew up in North Arlington, Queen of Peace in mm-hmm. North Arlington, now, North Arlington had a sizable Italian population before the war, the Italian kids couldn't be altar boys until after World War II. Mm. Wow. That's it was all Irish. That's because the, nuns the were other completely... side of your family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 100%. And um, they said that the, past, the founding pastor, whose last name was O'Connor, was very prejudiced against the Italians. Mm-hmm. And right before, world, he, he saw that the war was coming in the late 30s. And he decided he wanted to go visit Rome before the war broke out. And he went to Rome, I think, he was, and he was there for like a very, really like months. He took, a, you know, the ship over back when they, they would take the ocean liners. And he was in Rome for a, a matter of months in 1930 or 1939. And they said he came home completely changed and was very nice to the Italians. Hmm. And he said he was shocked about what a civilized and beautiful country Italy was. Now, I don't know. How you work that one out? You know. <laughs> but he's like, you know, you're not, you're not half the animals that I thought you were. <laughs> but they said he was much nicer to the Italians because he saw Italy for what it was. And I'll tell you something very else that I think is very interesting is that um, he built a high school. My parish had a high school. Uh, recently closed, but that's another story for another day. Mm. And the Italian kids would not go to the high school. And he went to one of the Italian families, the old fam- one of the old families in North London. He went to them and said to them, why isn't your son going to my high school? And they made a comment basically like, your Irish nuns are not nice to him and he doesn't want to go. And that's why we're sending him to the public school. And he was enraged. I'll just tell you one story. I knew a, a um, monument carver in North Arlington, a stone carver. And his father was a gravestone carver. And he said that during the Depression, the first thing that people stopped spending money on was headstones. Because you think, okay, I don't have a job. Uh, grandma's in the, in the cemetery. I'll leave a wooden cross there, and then after the Depression, when I have a little bit more money, I'm going to go buy that stone. So he said, of everyone in the business world, his father was the first to get hit by the Depression, and his father was in, in terrible economic shape, and he went to Catholic school, he went to Queen of Peace, and he said he remembers sitting there, and he said, you know, his father had a big family, there was a lot of siblings, and a lot of the Irish kids didn't have as many siblings as he did, and... At that time, they would publicly announce what you put in
1: the envelope. Oh, my no.
3: That's a true story. And he said that his mother would just <laughs> give every kid a penny. Oh. And the nun would read on Monday morning what everybody gave. His name was Tom Garfredo. And um, they're going through the names. And she goes, oh, Thomas Garfredo, one penny. Italiano's no give. And the kids wow. start laughing. He really hated those sisters. sisters I can't know. blame him. And um, so that generation really got... Up. Yeah. Right.
0: You can't so you can't blame them for anti defamation being it an important aspect of it.
3: He passed away a couple maybe three or four years ago at ninety in his nineties. It was so carved into I mean, this is a guy who I did very well. I, I never saw him he was an usher at Mass, never saw him that he didn't have a suit on. Yeah. The best dressed guy in town, the classiest guy you ever want to meet. And you could see the rage in his face 70 years later when he told that story. I could believe it. And I think that for that generation, it was such a part of, A, their experience, and B, reinforcing that they were Italian. I think that they thought to themselves, you animal, here you are mocking me when
1: I'm more civilized than you. Yeah, I could see that. But That's like that's like in our last episode when we went to the Italian Tribune and Marion Fortunato was talking about that sense of coming back from Italy, feeling very much more sort of entitled and empowered by what she saw in Italy and, the, and the, the, what she perceived as the glories of Italian culture. I mean, I had this conversation with Pat offline, off and it's one that I think, I don't know, I feel close enough to our audience to share because I'm a little bit ashamed of it. But, you know, we are so focused on our Italian-American tribe. And sometimes we use tribal rights and we throw around words. And so we may drop the word Guinea every now and then, and, and it has a certain definition in my mind of like a sort of shkeavy and it's not a compliment you know mm. it's like hey guinea what's up it's you know like I, I would say something to the effect of that's a real guinea move and, mm-hmm. I, and I mean that in like a very pejorative way mm-hmm. and I throw it around a lot and we're in conversation and I take for granted that it's an insensitive and hurtful word and so I was out with my dad and I was telling him a story and I was recounting somebody doing something that I didn't think particularly nice to me and I said yeah it was a real guinea move and my dad who never Jumps on me for stuff. Said, I don't ever want to hear that word. My dad's not old. Said I don't no. ever want to hear that word around me again. Your grandfather hated that word. I hate that word. Please don't use it around me. And I was so ashamed. I oh. felt like a 12-year-old kid, oh. you know? Uh, and I was like, wow, this is something to really think about. Yeah. Because my dad is an assimilated, successful guy. I'm sure he faced discrimination. Right. Um, I know he did because I watched some of it. But I thought to myself, oh, that's really f- that's very telling of how myopic I might be in this community thing. You well, know?
0: speaking of sensitivity to words, right? I mean, if, if you're going to be sensitive to various other people and other communities, you, you certainly should be sensitive to
1: your own. You're right, that's true. But,
3: you know, D- Dean Tambori, John and I always have this conversation. Dean Tambori the Calandra Institute. Yeah. One of the leading academic Italian-American, real, real, really, yeah, really an yeah. academic force Um, with Fred Gardafey, Dr. Fay, We had this conversation, and he said, we have tribal rights. This is very deep. Tribal rights use the word "Guinea," he said, because it's like African Americans with the N word. I can use it, but you can't. And that really was like, it's a very, um, it's a complicated. Yeah. It's a comp because in New Jersey, they'll say they'll use the word "Guinea" and they'll say, like, you know, it was a like, very a very Guinea wedding invitation or a very yeah, right, wedding right, wedding. yeah, yeah. But then you think about it. It really, wh- why are we? Self-hating. Well, yeah. Why I, I, are we think, being pedra- I think the analogy this- to,
0: to the N-word being used by African-Americans, uh, you know, as a tribe is, is kind of the point. But I feel like I've told this story in the podcast before. But I also, I, I, I don't know, it was a generational thing. But I remember watching an episode of Oprah and Jay-Z was on and they had like a heated discussion for a while about the use of the N-word in rap music, obviously Jay-Z drops it constantly, and someone of Oprah's generation being like, nobody should say that word. Not not us, meaning like the tribe of African Americans, and not anybody else. Yeah. And it shouldn't be in rap, and Jay-Z was just not moving, saying like that's, we basically we have tribal rights to reclaim that word. And they ended it with, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. There was no... You know, there was no consensus, bridge. There yeah. was no consensus. I just think it's a it is a generational thing. And then if if it's not a generational thing, it's a, it's a personal thing. But I, I think mean, that, how do that, you view it?
3: Another negative aspect of it that we don't like to talk about: the Italians who came in the seventies were called guineas by the Italian Americans. Totally true. That the neighborhoods they moved totally into. Totally true. And they don't want to talk about totally this true. because they the Italian Americans who were trying to uh, metagonify themselves. Yeah. Yep. The Italians from Italy in the seventies reminded them who they were, and they mm-hmm. were embarrassed the way they were. Yep. And they f- they finally found somebody below them to make them feel superior. Bring on a lot of those people who came in the '70s who were born it's in the my '50s, family. and they'll say, "Yeah, the Italian Americans were not nice to us." Yep, I, I, I so was, we
1: we got a lot of shame on our, ourselves as well. I was so ashamed as a kid. We went back to the neighborhood one time, and there was an Italian guy that I didn't know was named Miguele and they called him Miggy. And I'm chatting with them, and he told me about coming from Italy, and he came, I think, in the '70s. And I went back home, in and I was Southern Italy so from from the from Sansa. Um, or Tijano from, from the towns where our community primarily came from in the uh, Salerno area. And I was telling my dad, I met him, and my dad was like, yeah, you know, that guy came in the 70s, and we were all young teenagers, and we used to pick on him for being Italian. He was from the other side. And I thought and I was so He like, was from the other side. Yeah. that's
3: the key word. Uh, that, yeah. was
1: the, that was the New York colloquial. Well, yeah. maybe
0: that's why Italians, Italians act the way they do. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <and> bats, <laughs> that's so <true>. I I boomerang <laughs> back.
3: I know an Att- Italian... Uh, Ralph Vitale because I'm sure Joey's listening to this on, in, in in my Bison world and he tells a story about they would have this Italian-American when, when the Italian kids would pass by that he'd be sitting on his stoop in Jersey City and i said, ah oh, here comes the guineas and they couldn't understand why was one Italian yeah, you're you know yeah. you, you call yourself why is one Italian picking on another but I, I don't, you know, that's a whole other a that's a whole other It can is another of a whole other episode. Mm-hmm. And you know what?
1: It is about time for another episode. So we, we're done again? Yeah, yeah. We're done. We're done. We're going to... Crushing it. We're, we could do months. We're yeah. just going and going. <laughs> we didn't get to page two. Now, we, we did pretty good. We we're halfway through the survey. A little over halfway through the survey. And so we're going to come back to you Impressive. next time. Every time I go off, they beat
3: me up. Cattle prod comes out. They put Dolores in. She has a <laughs> big... They, they take, you know, wooden spoons, and they all start beating me at once. <laughs> so next oh. time...
1: When we come back after we're done beating Pat up with the spoons, it's going to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more digging down, and we're going to talk about what people's opinions on certain statements, on how they feel, what they uh, do, what kind of traditions they keep, what they feel about the country, about Columbus Day, about immigration, about faith, religion. So it's a lot of good stuff. So come back uh, next week for part three of an undetermined amount of uh, episodes on this wonderful and content rich survey uh, on Italian-American identity. Thanks for
0: taking the time to respond, folks.
1: Yeah, really. Thank you. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. Thank you very, very much for taking the time to come out and respond to this, and we hope next time we do it, we get even more. That's right. So from all of us here in the Tower of Italian Power, we'll talk to you next week. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you want your life to be great, see that you're born in
3: Italiano and your life will be great. See that you're born in Italiano, and your life. life.